Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Of course, this is your host, Tim and Julie Harris. And today we're going to be talking about one of our favorite topics, which is are you an active or passive agent? Now, I'm going to warn you, there will be a quiz, there will be a test, there will be something you'll have fun with, so don't worry too much about it. So we're going to be talking about today if you're an active or a passive agent. Julie, I know you're on a call. I know you've been on your coaching calls all day. Yep. So share with, the listeners, share with the listeners some of the things that you have um, experienced on your coaching calls today, because I've certainly had a day's worth of coaching calls as well and a lot of varied experiences from all of our great personal coaching clients from around the country. Share with our listeners maybe some stories from your schedule from your clients. Well, you know, it's very appropriate, I think, some of the calls that I've been through today because it seems that today was what I call a diagnostic day. By that I mean deals going sideways, up and down, lots of deals needing to be saved, funky things happening on inspections. And I think that most agents, you know, you try and have this expectation that all of your deals are going to go nice and smoothly. And then when something goes sideways, you know, I've, I've had a lot of discussions about that initial reaction and you can't control your initial reaction. Like, holy cow, are you kidding me? You're asking me for that on an inspection. But you can control how you handle it with your seller, who is also probably having the same reaction. So this ties into being an active agent or a passive agent. Passive agents let deals die. Passive agents make it all about them and how they can't believe they have to actually be asked to negotiate. Oh, my goodness. Passive agents don't do things like price reductions. So it's kind of been a day like that with clients. And sometimes coaching can be a lot of diagnostic calls because our job as coaches is to help you make more money in less time with less pain to you and your clients. And sometimes that means putting our foot in your butt and saying, you know what, It's your job to get this deal done. That's why the seller hired you, and here are five strategies for saving the deal. Sometimes that's how a coaching call can go. So I think it's really appropriate we're talking about active versus passive because that's kind of been how my coaching day has gone. Well, you know, I've had a lot of calls like that, and the reason I think we're getting a lot of calls like that is because it's the end of the month, and some of these guys' deals are going a little bit south, and they don't know quite how to negotiate contracts. And, you know, it's interesting, (laughs) for a long time, a lot of people haven't had to deal with um, anything other than mm-hmm. sellers who are order taking. In most markets, it's been easy to sell listings, and you know, easy with quotes around it because it's never easy to sell right. listings. But for the most part, you've been a buyer standing in line. But now, because the market's starting to change, Julie, there's a report I put on the uh, blog, RealEstateInsiderNews.com, that mm-hmm. showed a well surprising for the industry, but not surprising for us, drop in existing home sales. So existing home sales have dropped to their lowest level since 2012. So the moral of the story is, as we predicted, as we hopefully you know, prepared all of you, because especially our coaching clients, we've been telling you that there was going to be an adjustment in the market in 2014. It is already starting. So if you want to read more information about that, just go to realestateinsidernews.com. The bottom line is, is that when you are in a uh, changing, turbulent market like this one, 
more or less everything that you have done in the past, and I'm thinking mostly of, say, the past few years, everything you have done in the past is probably not going to work the same or at all in this market. Everything is changing. Your mindset about changing how you do business, you really have to get in front of that. Because I would say a lot of the free coaching calls that I do, a lot of these guys are, frankly, resisting change. And they don't even realize that they're in a state of resistance. They think that they can keep everything, how they do business, the same. And they can't. It has to change. And you guys, frankly, the market is going to continue to change. And and every single one of you, there is no consistent, you know, the market's going up, the market's going down. Every one of your markets, it's different. Every time I have a free coaching call, you know, fortunately, Julie and I have, and our, you know, through our coaches and the, by sheer numbers, we've, we're told that we have a, more coaching students than anybody else. Well, you know, we have a nice exposure to literally thousands of different coaching markets across the country. And I'm here to tell you that there is no doubt that the markets are changing. There's no doubt that the markets are going to get, uh, I think, more in, into more equilibrium, where there's going to be more listings for sale. But at the same time, we're seeing interesting little headwinds that are starting to you know, creep up that are going to make it so that some of you who don't have a, a I would say, a, a large portfolio of skills, a lot of tools in your toolboxes, if you want to think of it that way, those of you who don't know how to handle different situations, you're not going to make any money. Another thing, a big surge of new construction is coming your way. In most mm-hmm. markets, resale homes are going to be under attack by well-priced, brand-new construction which is going to cause a lot of you guys to, frankly, lose listings. Why? Because you're going to overprice the listings. You're not going I to just take... had that very conversation right before this call. You're well, absolutely right. Share it. Yeah. Talk about it. Well, okay, so here's the facts. The listing in question, great coaching client, very smart, very experienced, good guy, uh, lives in uh, Orange County, California. And by all means, he has comps. In fact, the comp he was using was a house he personally sold last month across the street. So it's a recent comp, okay, everything looks okay. He has the other two or three sales in the neighborhood, also recent comps. Looks perfectly priced on paper. He's within $5,000 of recent comps, okay. Has an offer right away that wasn't great, sellers didn't take it, waiting for something better. What's going on? Looks like we have comps. My question was, sounds to me like there must be new construction kicking your listings butt in the area. What's going on? He said, as a matter of fact, that's exactly where my seller is moving to, okay, is that new construction area. Now, the clock is ticking because they're closing in August, and so probably as we get closer, they're going to get more motivated and go for a price adjustment. But so here's an example where it looks okay because you're using comps right in your neighborhood of other resales, same school district, et cetera. However, the active agent looks around and says, hmm, something seems fishy here. What else is happening in the market that could be affecting us? Sometimes that's something weird being built right around the corner where you don't have a beautiful field of peacefulness anymore. It's actually going to be a Walmart. Sometimes that's, I mean, often, and and Tim, I think you make a huge point on this because we haven't seen a a big uh, resurgence of new construction until now, and now it's like it's everywhere. Vegas agents are talking about it, and at the same time, we're seeing a little bit more funky financing, so those builders... What I was explaining to this client a minute ago was that you would think that a 650 resale competes with 650 new construction, 
but it doesn't. It might be competing with as much as an 800 new construction if the builder is doing some funky financing with lower interest rates and lower payments. And this it makes it especially difficult, Julie, for uh, agents because a lot of new construction does not get in, uh, listed in the MLS. So as exactly. a result, so how stuff, would you even have the comps? Right. How would you know? I mean, you're really going to have to get off your duff. And for the most part, across the country, well, I'll give you an example, Julie. We have a lot of coaching clients here in Austin, Texas, and in Houston, and yep. Dallas, and Waco, and everywhere else around Texas. So in Texas, it's very interesting. Well, I'll just use uh, my coaching clients in Austin. Okay, I have a number of them. The homework assignments that I gave to three of them, because they were in different markets, and I was asking them to go and research the new construction. I thought I knew that there was more inventory out there than what they were telling me, because it's the usual song and dance about no inventory and blah, blah, blah. Right. And yet at the same time, some of them, you know, they all have listings, and they're saying, well, my listings are taking longer to sell. Aha, new construction. So their homework was, from last week to this week, go to you know, go to all the new build reps, go everywhere you possibly can go, look under every rock, and really understand new construction-wise what's coming for sale. So here in Austin, here's the thing, that uh, through a little bit of homework, one of my agents discovered, get this, guys, that in a market where things have been appreciating rapidly, where it's going to be a slowdown this year in terms of home appreciation, so homes are only expected to appreciate by only 10%, you know? So that's <laughs> what we're about to, <laughs> Exactly. It's all sad, right? So there are over 6,000 new construction homes wow. that are going to get built right in and around Austin, Texas. And do you think the agents know that that much new construction is coming? Nope. Are, no, because we hear, especially on the free coaching calls, oh, there's no new construction around me. Why is that? Because you don't see it in the MLS? That doesn't exactly. mean it doesn't exist. So it's interesting. So we are going to get to our quiz. Hopefully all of you are ready. I promise you it will be a fun, painless quiz. In a second, we are going to be talking about active versus passive agents, a concept that maybe will be new to some of you, uh, but at the very least it will be a powerful, I think, leading indicator of what the rest of your year is going to be like income-wise. So stay tuned and get ready to take a quick, fun quiz when we get back. And the quiz is going to be, and the test you're going to take and hopefully pass, is are you an active versus a passive agent? And we'll be right back. Is coaching right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you are asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach, a proven, market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. 
Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best, not someone who is simply assigned to you or, even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. Okay, we are back. And Julie, we're ready. Are, you think these guys are ready for the active versus passive agent quiz? Shall we, try, be shall we check them out? Okay, check it good. out. All right, so again, here's the interesting thing that always makes me kind of come around to this sort of, I think, what we'd call it essentials aspect of real estate is whether you're an active versus a passive agent. We are taught in this industry, and this isn't the way it's always been, but it's certainly the way it is now. We are taught, we are actually sold on the belief that you can be successful by being a passive agent. That you can actually, you know, make a fortune, have a team, do all this other wonderful stuff that everyone tells you by essentially doing things passively. And I'm here to tell you that after you take the quiz and after you actually think about these points, Maybe you need to shift your thinking slightly, and maybe that's the reason why you're not experiencing the success that you want to be experiencing, the profits you want to um, experience. Oh, you know what, Julian, a quick side note. So some of you guys know I did an interview with Real Estate Rockstars. Uh, you can go to um, uh, realestateinsidernews.com and listen to that interview that I did with Pat Hyben. It was interesting, the stink on what people are kind of debating online, on Facebook and whatnot, is the validity of having a team versus basically um, you know, having maybe one or two assistants and then focusing on listings and focusing on profit opposed to building a big team. And you know, there's an interesting debate in the industry that's going on about that as well. So if you guys aren't tuned into that, if that's a topic you want us to talk more about on the radio show, well, just let us know and uh, we'll do that. Just uh, email me directly, coachtimharris at gmail.com, or otherwise just go listen to that interview I did. I think it's really um, interesting, I would say, that so many people, again, are being misinformed that the way they become successful in real estate is by building a team, that the goal is to have a team, that the goal is to have a bunch of minions running around doing all your bidding for you, whereas the reality of it is, is you can do all that, but there's not going to be a lot of profit left, left. So the core of what we're trying to get all of you guys to embrace, to really implant deeply into your brains, is that you're in business to create, yes, a living for yourself and your family, but at your business and your core function, your real product is profit. And if you're not pulling profit out of the business to then invest to create passive income, you're not running a successful business. The core focus of your real estate practice has to be making a profit. It cannot be building a team. It cannot be doing all the other things again, 
that we're being told to do that are all in the same wheelhouse as being an active versus a passive agent. Very interesting concept here. Some of you aren't going to like it. Some of you, it's going to, you're going to find it almost to the point where it's going to make your blood boil, this topic, and the ideas that maybe some of the dogma that you've been fed over the years isn't the right way to think. And, but here's the question. Are you happy with your business now? Are you happy with the money you have saved? Are you going in the direction at the rate in which you want to increase in terms of income and units sold? Are there reasons why you've been stuck at that same level or decreasing that maybe go back to some of the thoughts that you're having about what it really truly takes to be successful in the real estate business? So on to the quiz. Now, here's, here are the questions. I'm just going to read through these, and then Julie and I are going to talk about it. So number one, when you get a call from a lead – I'm sorry, let me reframe that. Calling versus email. When you, get, uh, when you uh, get an email from a lead, do you call them back right away or do you email them back? So when you get an email from either a buyer or seller lead, do you email them back or call them back? Do you email them back or call them back? That's the first question. The second question is, is do you have a buyer drip system? In other words, one of these systems that sends buyer leads a drips on them you know, listing information. Pretty much all of you do, so, you know, that's an easy answer, uh, easy question for you to answer. Next question. Do you believe you can somehow cultivate a C lead or a B lead, in other words, somebody that's only moderately motivated, do you think you can cultivate that person into being an A lead through things like a drip system, through emails and things like that? So do you have a database of maybe one, one day wannabe buyers that you're spending time on with the belief that someday they'll actually be buyers. Next question. Do you leave the day with unanswered emails and voicemails? In other words, unanswered emails and voicemails from existing clients or from leads? Do you leave those in your voicemail or your email box with the idea that you can just get back with them tomorrow? The theme here is take the quiz, answer these questions, are you an active or a passive agent? Next question. What is a realistic, and this is, you have four, this is a four-choice question, what is a realistic time frame for you to call buyers back? In your mind, if you're being honest, what is the realistic time frame for you to call buyers back? A, within 45 seconds of them calling or emailing you. B, eh, someday, sometime, same day. Eh, same day. I'm all right calling buyers back same day. C, next day. Eh, you know what? It's okay if I just call the buyers back the following day. That works. Or sellers, for that matter. Or D, and this is probably most of you if you're being honest, you don't bother calling buyers back at all. So I'll go through those again real quick. What is the realistic time frame for you to call buyers back within 45 seconds of them calling or emailing you? B, same day. C, next day. D, I don't call buyers back. Be honest, guys. Be honest. Okay, next question. If someone contacts you in the evening, say after 5 p.m., is it okay to call them back the next day or email them back the next day? Yes or no? It's a simple question. Next question I wrote down. Are you guys ready? Is it okay, in your mind, to buy buyer leads? Zillow, Trulia, Boomtown, you know, all the zillions of different places that are selling buyer leads. In your mind, is it okay to buy buyer leads? And you know what? I'll throw a bonus question on there. Is it okay to buy leads of any variety? Is it okay to buy leads? Answer the question truthfully. Next question I wrote down. We're almost done. If someone contacts you – oh, I already did that one. Next one. 
you, um, do you speak to at least five people per day? Not realtors, not title people, not your family. Do you speak to five people, at least five people to, per day, about real estate? Do you really? Think about that question. Next question, because this is a follow-up on the previous one. If we were to interview everyone you know, or even sort of know, like the person at Starbucks, your dry cleaner and whatnot, and I ask that person, you know, what does Julie Harris do for a living? Would they all know, oh, Julie's a realtor. Julie sells houses. Or would they say, you know, I'm not sure. I think something with real estate, but I'm really not sure what she does. So in other words, if we were to ask all of your friends, family, neighbors, um, everyone you do business with, your dry cleaner, your everyone else, everyone you come in contact with on a regular basis, if we were to ask them what exactly it is that you do for a living, would they know? Would they know you are in real estate? A lot, very similar to the previous question. Next question, and we're almost done. Do you believe that you can get leads from social networking? Do you believe that you can get leads from social networking? And my last question. On your business cards, on your website, on your anything that you're, that's public-facing, do you use a term to describe what you do other than salesperson and or realtor? In other words, are you a home counselor? Are you a, I mean, all these other terms that agents make up to avoid saying the word salesperson or realtor. So here's an interesting thought for you. As I was going through those questions, I bet you some of you were thinking about whether you've made that, you know, whether you're essentially yes or no, guilty or not guilty, of making some of those mistakes. And I bet you in the very process of answering the questions, you probably were thinking that, you know, maybe the reason I'm not selling more houses is because I don't let enough people know that I'm a realtor. So, Julie, what are you thinking? As in a secret agent. You know, our coaches have yes. a saying, secret agents have skinny kids. <laughs> That's okay? right. So, you know, do you hide out from your leads? This is something we actually work a lot on with our coaching clients, and they do it for different reasons. They don't feel like they should call right back because they don't want to seem like they need the lead. You know, all these weird things that we hear, right? When, in fact, to your point, Tim, you're a salesperson. You're supposed to be selling. And we can get all twisted up in our minds about this kind of thing. The fact of the matter is active agents make so much more money than passive agents. They shouldn't even be both called agents at all. That's the That's fact. That's true. Yes. So let's go through these questions and let's answer these. And we'll go through these relatively quick, so stay focused. Now, the first question was, you know, when you get an email uh, lead, do you call them back or email them back? Guys, again, I know some of you are being given bad information about that if someone emails you, you only email them back, or if someone texts you, you only text them back. All that is just bad, money-losing opportunity. Too many you know, rules over pre-qualifying. Exactly, rules. Just freaking call them. <laughs> if somebody, thank you, if somebody contacts you in any way, the only appropriate way to respond to them is by calling them. Next question. Do you have a drip buyer drip system? If you do, you have been sold into the belief that your buyers will somehow materialize or all these leads will somehow materialize into be viable buyers for you one day. And what that is doing is is actually giving you a false sense of confidence that you are doing something, that you are working. Do sometimes a buyer in a buyer drip system, do they sometimes cre- uh, turn themselves into real buyers? Yes. But you've got to remember, 
those same buyer leads are also in 17,000 other buyer drip systems, and so they're being dripped on. Just the very thought of that sounds disgusting, but they're being very they're being dripped on <laughs> by potentially dozens of different realtors, not just you. Go back to point number one, question number one. If you have buyers in your buyer drip system and you want to keep them opposed to tossing them out, start calling them and finding out what their actual motivation is. And, oh, by the way, remember, a good number of those will actually have houses to sell. Next question was, do you believe you can cultivate a C lead into an A lead? Let's be honest. You might, given enough time, but why bother? Just go look for the A leads. Don't try to make a seller that doesn't want to sell into a have-to. You will waste your time. If you do not get a buyer that wants to buy a house in the next, say, 60 days or less, don't waste your time. Focus on the people that need to do business today because the people that aren't motivated will suck all of your energy, and at the end of the month and at the end of the year, you'll wonder why the heck didn't I make more money. It's because you are wasting time with unmotivated prospects. At the end of the day, do you leave unanswered voicemails and emails? And especially for leads, and especially for current clients, the answer is never. You should never, never, never end the day without having returned every single voicemail and every single email, especially to your current clients and obviously any potential leads. Next yes, question and I wrote by down. the way, do not ask for a free coaching call about lead generation if when I call you to confirm, your voicemail is full. That doesn't <laughs> yeah, make sense. Yeah. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so next question is, what is a realistic time frame to call buyer leads back? Remember there was A, B, C, and D? The only correct answer is A, within 45 seconds of them calling you. But, Tim, what if I'm on an appointment? You call them back when you're done with the appointment. But, Tim, what if it's in the middle of the night or it's after 9 p.m.? You call them back the next day. Okay, obviously. But as a rule, you call all buyer leads back within 45 seconds. Guys, use 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM. It'll make your life a lot easier. Here, this will be a nice little motivator for those of you who've not been following up with your buyer leads immediately. Remember, in most markets, what, 20 or 30% of all your buyer leads are also going to have houses to sell. Use our script because the third question in the script is, oh, by the way, Mr. Buyer, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? So use our buyer prequalification script and you'll also be finding the sellers. Next question was, um, if someone contacts you in the evening after 5 p.m., is it okay to call them back the next day? The answer is no. If someone calls you in the evening, especially a lead, you call them back the same day. Now, don't call them back after 9 p.m. because then you're violating the do not call list. As a rule, if they call you before uh, 9 p.m., you've got to call them back. Remember, buyers and sellers work during the day. They work Which at their jobs during the day. because it means they can be pre-approved. They have jobs. You want That's them. right. So... Exactly. So the moral of the story is you call them back in the evenings because that's when they're in real estate mode. Here's a little advanced coaching tip for you. You're, you're going to see, generally speaking, an influx of more interest in your listing starting on Thursday because those are the buyers lining up the houses that they want to see over the weekend. So that's when they start paying attention. And here's another little advanced tip for you. You're going to get a better response if you email and call people on Thursday starting at about 6 p.m., okay? Because as a realtor, as a housing professional, you are a weekend and evening activity in most buyers' minds, in most sellers' minds. So contact them when they want to be contacted, which is immediately. All right, next question that I wrote down. Do you speak to, oh, is it okay to buy buyer leads? We won't get on that rant today. You guys, if you're buying buyer leads, you do need a buyer lead buying intervention call 
So go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and we will help you understand that buying buyer leads is a path to the poorhouse. Next question I wrote down, you speak to at least five people per day about real estate. Okay, do you? If the answer is no, because you don't know what to say or how to say it, what do you do? Freecoachingcallsforagents.com. If we were to interview everyone that you know or knows of you or you know you just come in contact with, would they know that you are in real estate was the next question I wrote down. Chances are that they wouldn't because you haven't told them. And many times, kind of jumping ahead, agents are fearful to let folks know that they're in the real estate business and so that they don't. There are scripts, there are techniques, there are very, I think, non-in-your-face, non-uncomfortable, you know, a lot of you think that you're going to be perceived as, oh, too pushy of a salesperson, or all these other types of thoughts that run through your head. People want to talk about real estate. It's a national obsession. And if they know that you're the go-to person, be like the TMZ of real estate, right? Be the person that knows the market, knows what's going on, and let everybody know that you have this information, and they will seek you out. Be proud of the fact that you're a salesperson. Be Proud of the fact that almost all of you are realtors, assuming you're a member. Be proud of the fact that you are getting the training through this coaching program to be of service to other people. Guys, what will give you the confidence, what will give you the confidence to succeed at a higher level continuously versus just having little spurts of success is fast lead follow-up and then knowing what to say when you call the folks back. If there's anything we can be doing to help you, request a free coaching call and it will be our pleasure to do so. And remember, we give priority to existing coaching students and those of you who are ready to become coaching students, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and we will talk with you tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.